Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Podcast to power you through a workout or a run, or maybe you're just doing housework. Maybe you're getting the your place ready for the folks that are coming over. Maybe you're cooking incredible amounts of food. Whatever it is, we're gonna try to help. We're gonna try to be here. Hey, maybe you're standing in line for those sweet Black Friday deals. I don't know what you're doing. Whatever you're doing, we're in your ear holes, and we're grateful for it for 90 plus minutes of gaming goodness because DLC is your downloadable commentary for the week. Delivered the way we love it to be, and that is completely free. Thanks to our sponsors this week, Made in Cookware and Theragun. They're bringing the show to you. DLC, of course, the show all about games in their many forms. Games played on desktops, laptops, and consoles. Also games that involve dice, luck, and cardboard. I'm your host, Jeff Kanata. That's spelled with two N's and one T. And I'm joined, as always, by my friend, slash co-host, slash nemesis. The guy who is a Black Friday deal, Mr. Christian Spicer. Hello, Christian. Yeah, but I'm like a different model. Like on the ad, it looks good. It's like Christian Spicer <laughs> deal. And then you get there and you're like, wait, this is Christian Spicer 240184. And I wanted it was 240183. <laughs> and so it's like, I, would... I don't have HDR, but I'm still 77 inches. So it's like kind of good. But I don't, you have me in your arms. So you may as well carry yeah. me to the checkout. I'm so curious about, yeah, anyway, as we have our second pandemic winter, like, so uh, we have a great guest. We'll get to it. I just need to say this as you kind of teed it up. It kind of blows my mind that we're having Black Friday one year after this new generation of consoles came out. And not only are there not really any Black Friday deals on these consoles, there still aren't these consoles. It's just the world we live in is still so surreal like, oh, what, what's my Microsoft's bundle going to be? Nothing. <laughs> it's the it's the hottest Christmas gift for 2022. New consoles. <laughs> the consoles that came out in 2020. It's yeah. wild, man. It's wild. We're we're living, you know, beyond the veil at this point. It, up is down, left is right. Dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. Anyway, we're gonna try to be with you. Try to hang out. Try to get you through it. All of it. All we're all in it together. And we got a lot to talk about. We got a lot to talk about. And we have an awesome guest to do it with. You know the DLC always stands for your downloadable Kanata and your downloadable Christian. But this week, I'm so excited because DLC stands for Detective Lead Character. Because we have the voice of Mycroft Holmes from the brand new Sherlock Holmes Chapter 1 video game, 
Philippe Boscher is here with us. Hey, Philippe! Hi, Jeff. Hi, Christian. Thanks for having me. That was not what I had written down, but it was very close. So I was yeah. I was attempting to deduct what your introduction for me would be. And I went for deducting logical conclusions. Mm, and that's pretty yet, good. And yet, if only I had come up with uh, a limerick to come up with later in the show, then I really would have hit the trifecta of uh, oh, Jeff But alas, alas, not this week. Thanks for having well, me, guys. It's great to have you. And uh, first, I want to ask you um, what what it's been like being part of that this game. I, I haven't played it yet, but it's been getting real good reviews over on uh, Steam. It just came out, what, three days ago? Four days yeah, ago? Tuesday. Tuesday the 16th. So five days ago is the time of recording. Um, it's kind of incredible. I mean, I know that you both have, have done acting work. Um, and Jeff, I know that you've done voice work in games. I don't know if you have, Christian. Um, yep. but I recorded this back in January this year. I was, uh, auditioning for, for another game. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say what it was. It was a Warhammer game. It, it was, I've done work in the Warhammer world before. I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say what it is. Okay. Let me just say, um, yes, to be I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be specific. <laughs> um, but it was, it was a video game. How many game. Warhammer games could there possibly be? There are so many Warhammer <laughs> games. This is one. I was like, it's fine. And um, I then got a random email saying, hey, would you be interested in auditioning for Mycroft Homes in an indie uh, Sherlock Holmes game? And I knew that there's only one company, Frogwares, who makes Sherlock Holmes games. And Sherlock Holmes Chapter 1 had already been announced. So I looked it up and played a bit of The Devil's Daughter. And it's kind of incredible because it's my first video game role and as you say it's a it's a big story part i have always loved the character of mycroft holmes because he's the extra clever one sherlock's the clever one and then mycroft's <laughs> the one who doesn't have to go anywhere he just sits at home and fit well, he sits in his club and he just figures everything out from the comfort of his own chair right. and so when they were like could you play the smartest guy in the world smarter brother i was like that <laughs> that is me friends finally being a nerd and getting bullied for years comes into its own i know exactly <laughs> what it's like to play an anti-social uh genius so. it's the one clip you can't send to like your grade school haters and be like see you had me <laughs> exactly right oh yeah. you nailed it you <laughs> that's it well, i didn't have to act at all it was all in the dna yeah and it sounds like it's a, it's a lot about the brothers uh, this is young very young sherlock holmes right this is a uh an, it's called chapter one but this is an early part of his life and a lot of it involves his relationship with his brother at least what I can tell from the from the trailers here yeah i don't know if you've heard of this concept but um they're doing what's called an origin story I used so, to prequels, but you know, right? I yeah, yeah. So this is a, this is like this is like a prequel to the mm, rest of pre- the stuff. I see. Um, All right. Well, I guess it's... I'll buy it. um but yeah essentially uh the long and short of it is uh this is set prior to uh homes meeting watson and it's set on the fictional island of cordona where um sherlock and his brother mycroft's mother died uh while they were both very young sherlock being about 10 and mycroft being about 10 years older than that and sherlock doesn't remember what happened and goes back to Cordona to try and figure out what happened. Uh, Mycroft, being a bit older, remembers exactly what happens and tries to get him to stop because it's not worth digging up the past. And then you spend 12 hours digging up the past, or 40 <laughs> if you do all the side quests. Awesome. So wait, 
when does Uncle Ben die, and when do you get your spider powers? Oh. Like that's the only origin story I know, and that's I need to the, see it. So there's like a post credit sequence where, yeah, 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 it it's all weird. ties together. It's all yeah, yeah. It's Everything is the in the multiverse. Everything. <laughs> and exactly. Harry Styles actually plays. Um, Peter Parker me. in this. He plays. Oh, no, he plays me. Okay. He plays Philippe. It's cr- it's really crazy. Yeah, yeah. You see Harry Styles going into the recording booth to play Minecraft. Uh, it's That's... a brilliant performance, and no doubt. Thank I'm you. Sure. Thank you. Uh, all right. Well, let's uh, jump in the show and start the way we always do with story of the week. Story of the week. It's the story of the week. Story of the week. It's the story. Story of the Week is the part of the show where we make our case for the most important stories that happen in the world of games this week. You can always submit stories for our consideration by sending us an email to dlcfeedback at gmail.com or by joining one of our awesome communities. We have a subreddit at 5x5dlc.reddit.com. We also have a Discord with great folks hanging out, talking about games that is 5x5DLC on Discord as well. Urge you to take part. Really great folks in those places. But Philippe, you are our guest. So you get first pick of stories. What would you consider to be your story of the week? Well, there are some great stories on this uh, this uh, show sheet that you've sent me. But I think, unfortunately, we should probably start with the most important in terms of a human societal level and go with the report on Activision and Bobby Kotick's uh, inaction in the uh, sexual harassment suits that happened within the company. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, at this point, I'm so tired of even talking about this, but you're right. It is the biggest story of the week. Um, It's, it's just so depressing how uh, awful Activision's top most, uh, uh, agents talk most actors in this in this case um behaved the top of the top of course is bobby kotick who is the where the the where the buck is supposed to stop right made 150 million dollar bonus last year and uh you know as ceo uh, has done some awful awful things according to this wall street journal report of course Wall Street Journal is uh, is reporting this. It is not confirmed, but the allegations within are, I mean, he's a monster. <laughs> he's just a terrible, terrible human, it seems. And the fact that he hasn't stepped down by the time we've started recording this is quite shocking, actually. It just shows you. Jeff, I'm sorry. Could you actually write that up and then give it to a woman to say? Yeah, yeah. And then could you actually come out later and then throw that woman statement under the bus? The one that you wrote and you made her say. I mean, there's because some pretty awful stuff. I feel like that's how here. you get your point across. <laughs> there's some pretty awful stuff in here. Uh, some some pretty pretty terrible allegations. Um, that one is not the worst. I think objectively the worst, but it certainly is the one that just I think is the most telling as to the kind of leader this dude is. If this is true that he you know wrote up the statement that was uh, attributed to. Um, Oh, what, what's the woman's name? Um, I don't even have it here. I apologize. Anyway, he, he wrote up a statement that was put out, signed by the, a, a, a VP, uh, a woman at the company to give the appearance that it, it was coming from a woman uh, who later stepped down. He evidently authored the whole thing. And then later, as you said, just 
Francis Disavowed. Townsend. Fran- Francis F. Townsend. Thank you for who looking was, that um, The um, EVP of corporate, or is, or was, and she, yeah. Re- pretty she awful. released the statement, and then Bobby came out later saying, oh, man, that statement sure was tone deaf. And then it yeah. comes out now in this Wall Street Journal investigation, if you didn't understand the the reference or, you know, dumb but rapport I was doing with Jeff, dumb joke. And then, so then Bobby comes out and says, oh, our statement was tone deaf. We really missed the mark. And now this Wall Street Journal piece says that, no, no, no. Bobby wrote that original statement, signed her name to it, yeah. attributed it to her, and then later comes out and says, oof, yeah, she messed up. It's like, what the heck? I mean, I don't know what, the, this is a big story. You're absolutely right, Philippe. Uh, I, I, you know, hadn't, I think we all are on the same page that this behavior is appalling and unacceptable and and frustrating to have in a hobby that we all love from companies whose products uh i think we've all loved at some point um so i don't know i mean what's your what's your response to this felipe this i think the 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 thing that you said a moment ago which i actually disagree with most is when you said it's surprising that he hasn't stepped down i perhaps am far too cynical i don't think he will step down I think that being a billionaire affords you certain, uh, certain uh, I was going to say responsibilities, which it should, but it doesn't. It affords you certain uh, get-out-of-jail-free cards, quite literally. And the, I mean, like, it, it is that thing of what can you say? And it, it, it feels banal, I suppose, to talk about it and because it keeps coming up and because well it's video games these should be fun and when it turns out that you know the it's it, you know not to bring it back to frogwares immediately um but one of the things that they were quite proud of with Sherlock Holmes chapter 1 is um the fact that they worked without any crunch and i think that there is a um systemic perhaps a um a deep seeded dis uh not approval but like dislike or uh of people who make video games within the companies themselves so when it comes to working them too hard when it comes to belittling them when it comes to treating them like lesser than human beings i feel like we see that all too often video games and you know being a being a straight white man sort of makes you the the slightly less um or much less in fact um uh prone to to some of the the awfulness that goes on but i think you you sort of see it especially with with people of color or people of the global majority and um women in particular just constantly being uh this is a family show so being pooped on by uh by the people above and as as you just said, Jeff, what can you say? What can you say except this isn't right? This should change. Will it change? I I I don't I don't think it will, and that's upsetting to me. But I don't think it will. As you had mentioned, uh, Bobby Kotick being a billionaire, I looked up and what a weird what a weird result I find uh, on Google. Uh, these the first five results are Bobby Kotick's uh, net worth is six hundred million. Then the next one is it says his net worth is seven billion, and then there's one that says his net worth is sixty four million, which seems wrong because he got one hundred fifty million last year. 
Uh, so nobody seems to know if he's an actually a billionaire or not. At least the internet doesn't. Anyway, a uh, very wealthy man made a lot of money uh, doing very horrible things. Um, America. I, I but he is the star the of Moneyball. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, he's a movie star. Can we really blame him? I don't know. Yeah. I don't and know. for folks who, you know, come to this show for the news, a couple of other allegations against him was one, he actually was well aware of um, some of the bigger uh, harassments and scandals going on at Sledgehammer and other Activision owned studios and actually intervened to uh, uh, a review on um, uh, actions within those studios re uh, recommended the termination of an employee and uh, Bobby intervened and said, no, we let's keep him. We're going to keep him on. He actually, that person didn't leave until this, they were reached out to by the wall street journal. Um, he threatened to kill uh, women. <laughs> uh, he sexually harassed people himself personally within the company. It's, you know, a murderer's row about it's like oh what did what did how, what did bobby actually do he didn't know about it yes he did well he didn't do it himself yes he did well it's not like he threatened to kill somebody yes he did well <laughs> i mean yes i mean yeah the threatening to kill somebody was a uh, a voicemail that he left uh 16 years ago uh it was arbitrated in court he apologized i'm not defending it but I don't think we should also characterize it as like, hey, for the last few years, Bobby Kotick has been threatening to kill people. You know, it's it's <laughs> it, he, he's clearly a monster, as I said. But I, I don't think we should also, you know, paint a, a unfair picture or not unfair, but I mean a wrong picture of of what's An been going on recently. Picture, you know, at least with him, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I, I, we bring these stories up. We wring our hands. We hope for change. I don't. I don't know what else there is to do. It is so so depressing to me. Well, I said this in the Discord already. Um, I wanted to let folks know there. It's not tons. It's not a lot. But you won't hear me talk about any Activision Blizzard game on this show until Bobby steps down or there's fundamental, real fundamental change at that company. And I know that's not that's not ton. It's not. Ooh, that's going to be the thing that finally forces Bobby out. But and I might mention a game in passing, comparing it to another game, or if I don't know it's if a game is an Activision studio, I might unintentionally bring something up. But I'm not going to sit here and talk about the things they make, uh, you know, and um, that stinks for the wonderful people who are there who are putting their um, blood, sweat and tears into those products. But I can't sit here and be like, oh, Diablo Immortals finally coming out is going to be. No. So I'm not I'm not going to do it. Um, I want to shout out the, you know, hundreds of employees who put their careers on the line by signing the statement calling for his removal. Um, I want to shout out the people on um, investors that have sent letters calling for his removal. I want to shout out the heads of Microsoft and Sony for at least addressing the issue and saying it's not okay. And hopefully there's fundamental change there. And, and then I want to negatively shout out all of the human beings on the Activision board who heard all of this stuff and were like, this is fine. Keep going, Bobby. I know Bobby has, I, I believe he has, you know, a, a large say within that board. Um, but to all of those other individuals, shame on you. Shame on you. And hopefully things will change going forward. Yeah. Here's hoping. Here's hoping. 
Uh, all right, uh, Christian, what is your story of the week? Well, I hope you're ready for things to get zany. <laughs> oh, yeah. If you thought that was a story, uh, ooga, uh, um, do I have a story for you? Um, I, I think to me, the the that is the biggest story of the week. Like, hands down, what is going on with Activision is the biggest story of the week. I think is an interesting story, and one I want to talk about following up on last week's show, uh, is GTA Trilogy definitive edition has now been uh the old edition the undefinitive the, the edition that does not definitive it it <laughs> has been re-released on pc um and rockstar came out and said yeah this these are these are bad the definitive edition is bad we're sorry about these problems we're, here's some things that are coming out soon and there's going to be some bigger changes coming later but also <laughs> this, this, the original is the, this is the thesaurus edition to make a new <laughs> definition or actually the thesaurus <laughs> would be the same definition the, uh, the original yeah. games that we had just re- delisted are now back baby only on the rockstar store they're not back on steam I, I believe as of this recording but the older versions of those games are now re-released as a bundle and to anybody who bought the definitive editions <laughs> they get these older crappy versions the older versions free it's pretty it's like hilarious just games for the price of three this is fantastic <laughs> yeah. this is the best deal in the history of video games i don't know what you're being sarcastic about <laughs> yeah um i bought uh i bought the omelet and it and it um, it's it's terrible it's ter- oh no i know sir i know that the, the omelet is terrible uh in exchange for that uh you can have <laughs> yesterday's omelet <laughs> which two weeks ago we said was bad um we said that it was no longer took a good because we're not going to sell yesterday's <laughs> omelet to you it's probably very cold uh but yesterday's omelet you please have that <laughs> but you might get salmonella from today's omelet so you yeah. probably want to go back and eat the other one if you're really we're hungry f- i don't know we're fixing it though we put salt on it and we have more fixes coming um but for now there's salt on the omelet now and if you had been here it. yesterday you could have gotten that omelet very inexpensively <laughs> it's You've just been around like 30 years ago when that omelet was first released yeah you <laughs> you I know you were excited about the omelet we made today because we made it today and just like all we got a whole bunch of new ingredients in there. But (laughs) yesterday's omelet should be just fine. The art direction on yesterday's omelet played on original pans um, (laughs) is uh, cooked in original pans is really phenomenal. Testament to the hardware. Uh. I I do think that this is I mean, it's annoying that they're not relisted on Steam and other places, but I, I. I mean, it's and, a novel solution. How many games? Imagine if Cyberpunk could have done that. Oh, you don't like the Cyberpunk that just came out? <laughs> we'll just use the old Cyberpunk that we took down <laughs> just recently. I mean, I'm sure everybody wishes they could, they had that in their back pocket of like, oh, oh yeah, no, 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 this game is really buggy. You you want it, You didn't want Fallout 76? Fallout 3? We'll give you that. <laughs> How about I, that? I do wonder, and Philippe, I'm curious, you know, your thoughts on this. Like, to what it... We've had developers on this show. Let me tee it up a little bit. We've had developers on the show, and we've talked about things like this before from folks who do mock reviews and stuff like that. And the general thought is like anything that players say about a game when it comes out, the devs knew. Like it's no surprise that it reviewed at a seven or at a six or at a nine. Like there's mock reviews, devs and QA. They put in all this time. With that 
said, how how does Rockstar take two release this game and then immediately double back and apologize on it? Like what, what do you think was going on when this game came out (laughs) to then now have to do all of this? I, I mean, it's, it's that (laughs) speculate what happened behind the scenes for Christian. You're you're an actor, right? You understand how video games are developed, don't you? I'm just curious. Wild speculation about how this happened. Christian, it's like, it's like going to a Trader Joe's and buying some eggs, right? Yeah. And, um, I mean, it's gotta be, it's gotta be that thing of just like, I won't be that bad. They won't hate it that much. It's the game. It's the game they wanted. They wanted these games. It'll be fine. And if, you know what, if all else fails, we'll just re-release the old ones. Nobody <laughs> will care. Like that's gotta be, that's gotta be it. It's just, you know, that thing of somebody at Rockstar, cause it's, it's an external company that, that did the, the definitive edition, yeah. isn't it? And it's got to be just somebody at Rockstar was just like, "Ooh, this is this is not good." You you know that, right, friends? And they were just like, "Well, it's the best we could do in the time you gave us and the money you gave us, so let's release it now." I'd like to and... think that the QA people at Rockstar were like, "I've played this game so many times, <laughs> I don't, I don't need to play it again." Guys, I'm sure we ought to play GTA Six. Hasn't it already been ported to PC? Yes. Well, then it's fine. How bad could it possibly be? It's fine. I've played. I've played these games. They're so big and so long, and there's so much to test. And I'm. And Skyrim comes out again this week. I need to go play that. Like, (laughs) what I want to know is, does does the car still get port like ten years ago, (laughs) Carol? Yes, you did, Thomas. Well, then it's fine. It's why does the other team get to work on GTA Six and I have to work on GTA (laughs) Three again? Exactly because because Jim, you're the best at GTA (laughs) Three. I don't want to be the best. You're the best there ever was at GTA Three, Jim. You're the best there ever will be. <laughs> There's no GTA 6. That other team is still working on GTA Online. And they're like, I don't want to do this <laughs> No anymore. one has ever assured quality like you've assured quality, Jim. You're the um, best there ever was. But to, to your point, Jeff, the wild thing, I think it was Digital Foundry did an excellent video. I think the only one I've watched so far, maybe the only one that they released is about GTA 3. And they're kind of doing each of these definitive editions as their own video. But this definitive edition is based on the mobile port that came out 10 years ago or whatever it is. So it's not, it's built in Unreal. And so it's it's like a totally stripped down, re-engined port of a mobile. It's not the old PC version. It's so weird. And maybe that, that's the code that was most readily available or the easiest to upgrade. Like those old iOS mobile ports weren't, heralded as great and then but for whatever reason that was the backbone for these definitive editions going forward and it just it didn't go well right like it didn't it did I mean, not go well. there are so many great games to play do we really care this much about these old games being re-released again i mean i know clearly people do but there are so many great games to play right now like i'm drowning in incredible mm-hmm. new stuff yeah i don't need i don't know it's, it's like because you don't have these anymore. You have yeah, the old ones. I never had these. Yeah. <laughs> I downloaded San Andreas and then realized that the beginning was tapping repeatedly to ride a bike and was like, I'm going to delete this because yeah. I have the rest of Game Pass to play yeah, games. When do you figure out how you uh, lift weights in that game? <laughs> I'm going to give you a hint. It's also tapping a button repeatedly. Yes. 
Uh, I mean, to be which, fair, that is video games in general, so we can't true. be too... Yeah, buttons, we can't be tapped, too you know? <laughs> All right. Uh, you have given me far too many far superior stories, both of you, uh, <laughs> to talk about. And so I'm going to do multiple. No, I don't even care. No, I don't even care. Uh, the first I want to talk about... Let's. We, I want to talk about the Game Awards nominees. Uh, the Game Awards will be happening in just a couple of weeks, I believe. Jeff Keighley's Game Awards, big event in the video game world. I know Christian is not a fan, but uh, that doesn't stop me from bringing it up every year. In fact, it, it encourages me to bring it up every year because I, I like watching him squirm. Um, let's talk just about the games that were nominated for Game of the Year, the top uh, award. There are one, two, three, four, five, six nominees this year for the game of the year. They are Deathloop, It Takes Two, Metroid Dread, Psychonauts 2, Ratchet and Clank, Rift Apart, and Resident Evil Village. Philippe, how many of these have you played and do you have opinions on this list? I have played one and I think it's great. Uh, okay, which, which one? I guess I have Game Pass. So it's the game I played. Uh, Psychonauts 2 was fantastic. I thought it was. Oh, it a, takes two's on Game Pass. Just, just saying. That's true. But I, you, need two, you need two players. You do. And indeed. my partner does not live with me. So whenever she's round, we're playing uh, The Walking Dead, uh, the old Telltale games. So that's what we play. Whenever right. she's around, we're playing. Not video games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We you can play. You can play theater. remotely. Just so you know, if, you know. Obviously, she would need an Xbox yeah, of her own. She but. would. She'd need to care about video games in order for that to happen. That um, is <laughs> I mean, it's it's one of those things where looking at this game of the year list, I. I super want to play Metroid Dread. Um, Deathloop, I heard you both espouse the virtues of and thought sounded fantastic. I'm just going to wait until it's on Game Pass next year because I'm that guy. Uh, Ratchet and Clank, I don't have a PlayStation 5 yet. Resident Evil Village, I'm a t- giant baby. Um, so I'm not going to play that anytime soon. I think there soon. are actual evil giant babies in that game. That, uh, that doesn't surprise me. Like seven feet tall with with hats as far yeah, as I understand. Yeah. Um, but I like... Speaking just for a moment on Psychonauts 2, because it's a game I only just completed, I think that's a heartwarming, brilliant, fantastic treatise on mental health and on being a good person and um, sort of the the value of, of community and friendship. And if that won... I would be. I would think that would be a worthy video game to to sort of herald as this in in this year of all years, having a video game that tells you, hey, it's okay if you feel down or it's okay if you're slightly different to win game of the year. I think that would be worth it. But um, I, I also I think it was phenomenal, and I'm actually surprised that it made the list. I think uh, I think that's kind of a win already for Psychonauts two to be on the game of the year list. Maybe I have the wrong perception of this, but it feels like the underdog here. Definitely. Uh, and, and and kudos to Double Fine. I think Psychonauts Two w- was highly anticipated. I think it was uh, people you know have a lot of affection for the IP. That first game you know holds a place in a lot of people's hearts. But I don't know if anybody expected the sequel to be quite as good as it turned out. Uh, it's really an, an amazing year for platformers. Uh, two two platformers. You could argue maybe three platformers on. You could argue, you could argue four platformers on this list. What is that? I mean, if you put Metroid Dread in a platformer category, you could argue four platformers of the yeah, six I'm games. Sure That's pretty that. wild. How and about you two? If you, you call Deathloop a platformer, 
That's another I don't one. Th- I don't think I would, and but I'm, I'm saying uh, that's what I'm saying about Metroid. It's not a platformer. I was making a joke. Well, it has platforms. If you call them all platformers. I mean, yeah, you jump, you move left and right. <laughs> it's like Mario. That's that's what you guys wanted from me, right? To come on here and say that every game is like Mario because that's, <laughs> that's what I'm going to do from now on. Uh, Christian, you, what would you claim as the the best game of the year, or what what are your thoughts on this list? Christian, I, I, what, what what do you think? What do you think is the clear front runner of these of these? I don't care. Um, I'm excited for some of the reveals at, at the reveal awards. Um, well, the one, some of the ones I've heard about are going to be great. Um, and I'm sure there's going to be other surprises. Um, this list is meaningless to me and I'm very excited to talk about our favorites of the year when we do that. And, uh, I, I'm super excited to see the fun reveals and announcements that Keely and co have, uh, at this show. All right. Uh, well, I will. I will take the actual prompt and say uh, I think I think Deathloop is the clear favorite. It seems to me. Um, mm-hmm. I hope I'm wrong. I would like to see a game. I, it's. It, I think it's wonderful that there are games on here that are doing a little something a little bit different, or at least trying to do something a little bit different. Uh, I mean, Deathloop does something a little different, but it's a lot of murder simulator, f bomb town. And it's wonderful that there are games on here that are a little uh, less that same wheelhouse, that same, you know, tone. Uh, I think we get that, you know, that tone is, is, is a little exhausting. I think Deathloop is an excellent game, but it's, it's, it would hearten me, I think, if It Takes Two wins, which is my favorite of mm-hmm. this list. Uh, it Takes Two, I think, is a triumph and actually has a lot of heart and uh, is a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful game. I mean, extraordinary achievement. I love that it made this list and I'm rooting for the stakes too. Uh, I'd like to ask you a semi-serious question, Jeff. Like, what is it about these awards that make it worth discussing in this way where we don't do this for IGN's Game of the Year nominees or any other? Is it because it's a multi-outlet disciplinary thing? Or yeah, is it I mean, it, it aims to be the premier award for uh, our hobby. And I think the, but you know, how many millions of people watch these every year makes it, I think, I think it's a big deal. I think these are a big deal and they're, they're, they're part of our industry that it, I think is a mistake to ignore. Do you think that people are watching it for the awards or do you think people no. are watching it for the reviews? Yeah. Well, I don't think that is relevant. I think it's all part and parcel. Um, and, you know, if you're watching the Academy Awards for the outfits, you're still watching the Academy Awards, right? <laughs> so I, I don't know. I, I think to I me, it's interesting. It's, it's, it's a bunch of people just, you know, it's, it's games that get a boost in the same way. I mean, I think the Academy Awards are just as arbitrary and ridiculous. And I think that they're a big cultural um, land, you know, touchstone that the Game Awards aims to be. And I think kind of already are in, the, in our industry. They are a, a touchstone. They are a point at which the entire industry looks in one place and looks at these games. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I really don't. I think if more people play, it takes two because it's nominated for game of the year at the game awards, then that's a win. I think, or psychonauts two, or, you know, any of these games. I, I think on. it's just one of those things where it, no, I no, I I agree with you to an extent where I'm just like you know I'm glad they exist for exactly this reason of just being like oh okay I really definitely should check out Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart when I finally get a PlayStation Five or you know that kind of stuff oh I you know I had Metroid Dread on my Christmas list I'm going to move it up a little bit but in terms of I I think I'm more on Christian's side of just like I don't 
like looking at this list, I don't find it interesting, I guess, as as a terms of a thing. And like, I'm super glad that somebody is trying to raise the prestige level of award shows and video games. And by uh, aligning it with all the reveals, I think you definitely do get more eyes on it. But again, I, I don't necessarily see why it's why it's worth discussing, I suppose. All right. Well, then we'll discuss something that I do think is uh, worth <laughs> discussing and, and Sorry, really, uh, I think, important, interesting, and will have ramifications for the future. And that is that Phil Spencer, head of Xbox, supports emulation, or at least uh, vo- voiced his support to Axios. Uh, he has said, quote, my hope, and I think I have to present it that way as of now, is as an industry, we'd work on legal emulation that allowed modern hardware to run any, within reason, older executable, allowing someone to play any game. Obviously, Microsoft has led the way on emulation of of its back compatible or its back uh, library um, and sort of forced a lot of the other platform holders to to move along. I I think without Microsoft's a robust backwards compatibility strategy, you wouldn't see uh, Nintendo or Sony moving quite as uh, far as they have. But what about this? I mean, uh, Spencer compares it to being able to watch a movie that was made anytime, right? You, you, it doesn't matter when the movie was made. Uh, if you can, you know, if you can get it on a format, uh, there's something that'll play it. And it's about preserving these old things. He said, movies, TV, and music... You don't, just because a a piece of music was made, you know, a century ago doesn't mean we shouldn't be able to listen to it now. Philippe, what's your feeling about that? I mean, obviously different companies have different ways of monetizing this thing, but what what about emulation as something the industry embraces and thinks of as a natural progression for any IP? Oh, fantastic. Absolutely. The thing the video game industry should be doing. I have a, you know, not a vested interest, but I studied anthropology at university and I find old things super interesting. Uh, So when it comes to on this show, right? That's yeah, exactly. Look at Jeff and I and be like, interesting. Super interesting now, Christian. This is what like the old people are like. Uh, (laughs) uh, But no, good look, Philippe. It's coming for you. I mean, honestly, if I looked half as good as you guys in 40 years, is that? <laughs> I'd be very happy. Do you know what I mean? Philippe is um, three. Philippe is three years old. <laughs> but I, I think with regards to emulation, it really does depend on how they're monetizing it. If it's going to be the Nintendo sort of, well, we're just going to re-release it on every platform and make you pay for it again, then I'm less interested in that but if there is a way specifically for i think frank safaudi is that the guy who who works for the united states library i think in order to like preserve old games it's it's an ex games industry guy who works now with the government to try and preserve old games and that to me is is super worthwhile because I want to be able to go and play Pong or play um, Super Mario Brothers or, you know, all the different weird versions of something like Aladdin on the Genesis versus the Super Nintendo. You know, I want to be able to see the progression and uh, chart a path for video games because I think 
personally like you i you i get so much more enjoyment out of seeing where something came from like playing an old like to use uh death loop as an example to be like oh okay i see how they got from dishonored to dishonored 2 to death loop or uh whatever the the vampire game is uh coming soon um yeah yeah i i love it i i think it's i think i'm so glad that phil spencer has said this and i hope that you know the xbox series z will uh will you know know, do that in the future as well yeah i mean i think i I think it's less about his uh, a specific pattern of uh, or or template going forward of how to monetize or the ways in which this monetize i think he's speaking in a more macro way of this paradigm shift of how uh ip holders think about their ip in the video game space because i i think he's right that they don't think about it the way music companies or even tv and film companies think about their back catalogs right they don't think about it as this natural progression that you get to where people should be able to have these things accessible to them right i think you know anybody that has the rights to old tv shows is thinking how do i get these out to people how do i get them to people um especially with all the numerous streaming sites that we have now. And I don't think that's how old IP holders of video games think about video games. And I think I'm really excited that he's pushing for that kind of just different way of conceptualizing what happens to a video game when the hardware to run it has been replaced. You know, once that happens, it feels like these things just get you know, unless it's a top tier, you know, IP or game, a lot of these these games just get forgotten about or, or get abandoned. And to think about it in a new way, to change the way the industry conceptualizes back catalog, I think is a really laudable effort. Um, what's your take, Christian? Yeah, I think Phil just watched uh, the Modern Vintage Gamers piece on how the Xbox Series S is an emulation beast and was like... <laughs> Oh yeah, we had, uh, <laughs> which is a, it's an older video now at this point, but it is, it's great. And also the series S is a great little box. Um, I love it. I love the idea of it. I think it's a little hard to compare it to music or movies and, and just that it's not the same thing, right? It's not a read file. It, it kind of requires input and a, is emulation the same as original hardware and what's lost in, um, how that's played today. But I think if a console or, or thing is powerful enough to emulate it properly and you're getting that as intended gameplay experience, of course, I love the idea of, of being able to do that and of companies, you know, looking to make their games accessible. But at the same time that he had this interview with Axios, I think it was also interesting that after the 20th anniversary um celebration that microsoft had and they did what 70 more games backwards compatible and a whole bunch of other games um got frames boost and auto hdr and stuff like that but after that announcement which one i should pause here that is awesome they made a commitment to bring more games to the back catalog it's great i love that they did it but when they made that announcement they also said that's going to be the end we're not doing any more and the reason is uh software uh licensing fees like basically all of the things that make it hard to do. And so I think Phil Spencer's mind is in the right place, but I think you also see at Microsoft the difficulty of actually doing it. Well, I think that's what he's speaking to, right? He's he's trying to like 
send a message to the industry, like, let's make this less difficult. <laughs> yeah, and I think licensing and then um, the idea of uh, playability, you know, like Mr. and um, uh, Analog, and you're seeing these, like, ways to get an authentic emulated experience. Um, yeah. But it is interesting, but music and, and movies, I don't think are quite the same because it's kind of just a read file that, you know, gets put out on a new thing and then is available somewhere. And even there, I, I mean, I think it was Igby Goes Down, I think is now on HBO in a few places. It's a, a movie I, I particularly love. Um, and it wasn't on stream. You know, like there are still yeah. weird things in that also. And then to the licensing side of it, that makes it difficult. And I think you're seeing the reaction to it some now with like Taylor Swift releasing her own versions because she doesn't like where her catalog is owned. So she's releasing Taylor's versions. And then, uh, but now was it universal? I forget some large music group has made it the time in which artists get their catalog that are, are able to re-record. If you sign with this major label even longer, because they don't want artists to do what Taylor Swift is doing. Like there's always going to be that balance that I think, is going to make this harder than it is. But conceptually, I love it, and I hope we see more of it. Christian, as a practicing lawyer, do you know... Uh, yes, thank you. Do you know um, how copyright applies to video games? Typically, it's owned by the company because their work's made for hire. Um, as a practicing lawyer who is giving authentic and... Man, I'm going to get double disbarred. Um, no, but it's, it's owned by the company, right? And it's a work made for hire, so the company owns that copyright. And then when you see like bankruptcies, that's the other thing that happens. A lot of these companies go out of business, and it's like, well, who owns? Um, right. I don't know, Digital Time Eclipse, still a company. I don't know. Whatever. Some of these old acclaim. Who owns acclaims catalogs? And where did those mm-hmm. fall? And someone bought some of these out of this, that, or the other indie games. You know, it's the probably the a singular person sometimes for some of them, but it's a work made for hire. But even then that gets complicated to some extent. And you're seeing it with Marvel properties now where people, you have an air quote, I'm summarizing, uh, simplifying a whole bunch. We have a right to say, I want this back. This is mine again. Um, but Disney has really been lawyering up to be like, no, <laughs> yeah, you don't get it back again. It was a strict work made for hire. It is ours forever. I just wonder what what would happen when the copyright expires on something like the first Super Mario Brothers game or, you know, the first Land of Zelda or something like that, if that's when you start to see. Because, I mean, obviously music and theater especially have been around for, (laughs) yeah, because because they'll continue to. But I just, I wonder if there's some kind of like the fact that music and and live performance or, or art used to be, well, has been around for so long. And because they were this ephemeral art, I just wonder if it's what it will take is video games to stop being developed as a quote unquote product and be developed as a quote unquote piece of art. And then that's when you'd start to see this, this, um, not homage, but this, this, um, this protecting of the older catalog. I I, I don't know. I don't know. I just wonder if, if that's the dichotomy. Outside of the catalog, you know, the idea of, and, and Disney, again, is fighting this, you know, tooth and nail as well, but it's the character that would go away, not necessarily the game first, but like, you know, the variations we've seen on, uh, I don't know, famous historical 
fictional characters over the years and people being able to do new Oops. takes on them because they're not <laughs> they're not owned by uh, an IP holder anymore. And whether that, you know, Dracula and some of these things, you know, it, that is the point of copyright lapsing is to allow for further creative expression. But that um, era is over. It, it does just, seem like it it's, is over. It's just because people <laughs> back then weren't savvy enough to understand. Now we have teams and armies of lawyers uh, working <laughs> on that problem. It's, it's never going to happen again. There's never going to be a, po- a, a point at which Mickey Mouse becomes in the public domain. It's just not going to ever happen. Uh, and I think it anything. will. I think it will. Well, I guess we'll, let we let us live long enough to see. Yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll be All long right. dead. Our kids will do a podcast about it. We do need to check in on a newly recurring segment uh, about the delays that are constantly happening. It's a segment I like to call Jeff Was Right. Jeff was right, and it really pisses Christian off that Jeff was right, and it really pisses Christian off that Jeff was right, and it... Cause he was right. Everything is delayed. Jeff was right. That's right, everybody. Jeff was right. Our new reoccurring segment with a brand new bumper from Sean Madigan, the king. The, the king, king of bumpers. That Smashed middle it. part. Like, I know I can't sing, but then I hear what Sean can do, and I'm like, Jeff and I should start a band. Like, that's, <laughs> that's good. It's we so good, Sean. start it's a so Sean good. Madigan taking our voices and making magic. Uh, <laughs> incredible. Thank you, Sean. As always, the king of bumpers. Uh, this week's edition of Jeff Was Right uh, features a, a delay for Saints Row from February 25th, 2022 to August 23rd, 2022. So uh, that's a big delay. And uh, Halo Infinite, did you want to play the campaign in co-op? Well, I'd yeah. love to. You knew mm-hmm. you were going to have to wait. You couldn't do it at launch. Guess what? It's even later, everybody. Hey, at least May 2022 before the December 2021 released campaign will be playable in co-op. Uh, that is a massive bummer, I think. Although, mm-hmm. hey, I guess the silver lining is maybe you go and revisit that campaign that you already played six months ago uh, with a friend when you can play it in co-op. Oh, odd you didn't mention Sifu, Jeff. Sifu did the opposite. <laughs> Sifu moved up to February 8th. I believe they were end of February. February is going to be so much fun to watch as we get closer to it. It is, it's, a, it's a massive game of chicken right now. Obviously, Saints Row has already moved out of that February window. Sifu's like, hey, I'm going to get up. I'm going to get out there before everybody. I'm going to be one of the you first February games. You can beat our game before games. Horizon comes out. You can beat our game before Elden Ring. Yeah, we, we, we can come out You're, early. Are you excited about February? Let us be the game you're excited about first. Um, anyway, the Halo news is is super bummer to me. But uh, And Forge is part of that delay as well. Like the At least yes. you know, six months later. or I think after that. And they tied it to the extent, extension of the season, first season. And we got multiplayer early, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, and so because season one is longer, this stuff's coming later. And yeah, yeah I, I, loved, I loved in the notice from them when they were just like, well, we said it was coming with season two and season one is longer now. So technically we <laughs> yeah. didn't lie to you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought uh, Halo Infinite was just a cool title. And now I realized <laughs> it was a hint all along of how long it's going to take for everything to come to you. Uh, anyway, that's uh, that's our new Jeff was right segment. Maybe my new favorite bumper of all. 
Uh, it's but so let's, good. <laughs> I'm so we... honored to have been here for the inaugural Jeff Was Right segment. This oh, is yeah. Fantastic. You're right. You will, you will go down in infamy the, uh, <laughs> when they put us in the museum. Yeah. Um, Next week? Yeah, exactly. Uh, I need to thank our first sponsor now, Made In. You, talk, you heard me talk about Made In last week because we have a nonstop parade of in-laws coming into my house. My mom was here last week. Now my, my, uh, my wife's uh, dad and stepmom are here. And then my dad is coming next week, which means there's a lot of food being prepared in my house, which means I'm using my Made In nonstick saucepan almost nonstop and it is the only uh it's the only pan i will use we have a, a number of pans in my house i won't touch them anymore <laughs> after i have the made in nonstick saucepan why because it actually doesn't stick it's made it's super high quality and if you're like me the holidays is when you keep reaching for cookware knives you know things that you need and you and you remind yourself oh my gosh i've been meaning to replace that for a while now it's it's outlasted its usefulness well let me tell you it's a perfect time to upgrade your cookware to cook like professional restaurant quality items with restaurant quality items because made in cookware creates quality kitchen tools that you should invest in these are products used by thousands of the world's best chefs. And if quality and craftsmanship is important to you, check out Maiden. Like I said, I refuse to use any pan at this point that isn't my Maiden nonstick saucepan. I'm not exaggerating that. You can ask my wife. I have a special drawer where it goes, where none of the other pans go, so I know always where it is. These are made professional quality. Cookware, knives, these are made for people who love to cook and they source the finest materials and partner with uh, renowned craftsmen to make those premium kitchen tools available directly to you without the markup. These are products made to last. How do you know? Well, they have a lifetime guarantee. Their cookware distributes heat evenly and can easily go from the stovetop to the oven. Their knives are fully forged, perfectly balanced and stay sharp. And they have over 28 thousand five-star reviews their products are used by some of the world's best chefs at michelin starred restaurants around the world you got to try these out so do yourself a favor go to madeincookware.com slash dlc use promo code dlc and you can get 15 percent off your first order that's made in cookware m-a-d-e-i-n-c-o-o-k-w-a-r-e.com slash dlc and promo code dlc at checkout for 15% off. Philippe! Well, I know one of the things that's on your playlist. It's the biggest thing that came out. In fact, Christian knew it and pointed it out last week that as we were releasing our episode, there was a huge rumor that Halo Infinite's multiplayer was going to drop early as a surprise uh a leak uh many leaks were happening and <laughs> poor bungee or excuse me poor uh 343 was uh you know they were i saw a bunch of tweets how mortified they were that everybody knew it was gonna be this big surprise it ended up being a pretty cool surprise uh you've been playing halo multiplayer infinite nope stop that reverse it you've been playing halo infinite multiplayer as is christian as have i what is your take philippe on the new uh, free-to-play Halo multiplayer. 
It's fantastic. I don't know what else to say about that. I really got into Halo 3 multiplayer, however long ago that was. Loved it. And back in the 360, I guess. God, that feels like a long time ago. And playing this now, it feels like it's this thing that you both have talked about before where it feels like your memory of that thing. And then you go back and play the old thing and you're like, oh, this this doesn't look or feel <laughs> anywhere near as yeah. good as I remember it doing. And this feels fantastic. I'm enjoying the the quite the quite small maps they feel like to me. I don't know about the two of you, but you know, having a four person team, eight people total. Like I've been spending the last year actually playing a lot of Call of Duty um modern warfare um because i wanted to do something that felt social without leaving my house and now playing this i'm like oh i don't have to play something that's made by a garbage company full of garbage people um at least in this company if there are garbage people they have not come to light yet uh (laughs) so so, but no the like i suck ever the optimist (laughs) i do want to put that out there i do suck at it i I thought I was doing fantastic in a game the other day. I played a few matches, was getting like, you know, 10 kills for 20 deaths or something. And then the next game, next time I switched, signed on, I I went down, I pressed the button and started playing. And I was like, holy wow, I have killed 20 people with one death. I am doing incredibly until we got to the end of the game and it said 343, 343, 343, bot, 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 bot. And I was like, <laughs> oh, I do still suck at this game. Um, but yeah, how about you, Jeff? What are you what, what are you feeling about it? I, you know, this isn't really my genre. Uh, the uh, first person shooter multiplayer uh, is not something I'm drawn to much anymore unless it's a co-op experience. Uh, but I, I dipped my toe in. I played a few matches and I had some fun, man. I, you know, I used to play Halo back in the day back in, in my younger twitchier days when I could hang. Uh, I could barely <laughs> hang then. Let's be honest. Uh, no, I, I, you know, but I, I was having fun. I, mean, I think, I think they've done a great job making fun, really accessible, really fast mm-hmm. and really immediate. Um, yeah. And it does feel like the old, uh, those old Halo games. There's a lot of kind of new fun uh, stuff to explore the the new um gadgets that i haven't really experienced much in halo multiplayer just because i haven't played much of it um but yeah the game looks great super, super ultra wide's awesome on it uh <laughs> i guess i had to mention that but yeah christian i'm sure you have more cogent thoughts than i i i, I jumped in i had some fun and jumped out and went ah, i'm gonna go back to forza <laughs> i really like it it is a bummer that it was leaked because what a megaton drop right like and we've talked yeah, about you got to imagine them like rubbing their hands together like oh wait till they get a load of this it's gonna be super surprising and then you know everybody you on a podcast are like i think it's happening today you know everybody knew but yeah still yes still cool yes it's still very cool and um available everywhere like the steam release like the rumor was like maybe it's just for game pass ultimate maybe you know like they want to juice this or juice that and it's everywhere you can download it on steam for free and play it and as jeff said it works great in super ultra wide um 343 has really captured that feeling of halo and i think the maps for um non-big team battle which is i haven't played as much big team battle it's not my favorite mode i talked about that on the beta um when we talked about it back in the beta I guess this is still technically a beta, but you know what I mean. Um, They feel 
properly sized. There was yeah. a time when, um, you know, we had older maps like Blood Gulch and stuff like that that were larger, and there are some larger things here. But I feel like some of the Halos went through a, let's make this bigger, and it's still 4v4, and there was kind of not as interesting um, play areas. And and I think these maps so far, and I'm not the person who best understands the meta of each one of these maps, but you feel the control points. They work well for Slayer and Oddball and Capture the Flag, and they have those um, natural ebb and flow to them. And then also where the power items come in, I love that the the timing is there and I don't need to be like, all right, Philippe, you're on rocket, count us down. And you have one person <laughs> on your team who's just like staying in the back going like 10, 11. So rocket's up. Um, you know, you can see that all that stuff is on on the UI in the game now. And even just the general weapons in the, you know, weapon cabinets there, you can see when someone's picked it up, when it's going to be coming back on top of that, you have the announcer saying like, um, power item available, you know, overshield available, overshield coming soon. And it can pull the focus of a match to a certain part of the map because if someone's able to get those power items, it can really swing things. And I think that's super interesting in the non straight slayer varieties because if it's straight slayer then okay the fight just kind of goes that way but if it's oddball which i think is my favorite right now you know it's like oh do i risk running over there or better yet sending two people over there to get an overshield or a rocket launcher or whatever it is and then come back over and try to take out the person carrying the ball or do we just stay on the person carrying the ball because we have them alone and we're going to be able to take this and then bring it back to our you know air quote control point um, or, you know, your, your defensible place, I think it's really interesting and fun. I love the run speed, the way it plays out in multiplayer. It feels faster, but it's not significant. You know, you get like the whoosh on screen of the lines, but you're not sprinting. It's, a, you know, your uh, Spartan is now jogging <laughs> in a way that's, that's fun. But when you have dash or, um, oh gosh, what's the real name for the zip line? Um, like the grappling hook? Yeah, the grappling hook. Like that adds so much more mobility because that is appreciably faster than your jog, than your sprint. And so that adds mobility around the map in really fun ways. And then again, oddball, my favorite mode. Uh, when you are carrying the ball, that slows you down more, but your ability to drop it, you know, so if someone gets on you, you drop it, you get a little bit of your mobility back, you get your weapons back, you take that out. It's a really, really fun and, and, um, and clever dance that I think this game nails. And I love, it feels like a blanket, but I love a shield. I love having my shield. Mm-hmm. Like so many games moved away from that approach and like um, other shooters, you can just get wrecked and a couple of shots from across the map and you're, you're down. And that's not to say that a more skilled player won't kill me every time in Halo, but I have that moment of like, I'm getting shot. I have a chance to react or in a lot of other shooters, I don't know where I'm getting shot from. Mm-hmm. I die <laughs> before I, and like, that's why games, I think introduced a kill cam. Cause it's like, we know you, you'll never see where this comes from <laughs> unless we show you and the shield on Spartans, you know, you, you get a little bit of that dance and maybe you can run away and your shield can recharge and you can come back. It, it feels like a nice amount of sponge to each one of these Spartans in, in the multiplayer. I've played on my series S and my series X and it feels great on both. Um, My only nits with it, and I think they're fixing it 
Um, they've already kind of fixed it. The, that battle pass progression is a slog. It is. Yeah, they've definitely already addressed a lot of that. I think a lot of it's going to going to change. Uh, which yeah, is they did one. They did one fix that I don't think is enough. Um, and people were kind of harping about that on the beta at the you know earlier beta as well. And I, they've talked about now that they're going to do um, bigger changes to it. And it's hard, I think, to get that right balance. I think Fortnite does it really well. It's easy to say the game that makes all the money has, <laughs> you know, has all and all their employees are working on it does this really well. But I think they really do. And, and Halo's Infinite isn't there yet. It's not even not quite there. Like it's a ways off. Um, Pretty cool. And how I think as they responded, though, uh, yes. I, I'm, yeah, I'm heartened by that. Days. Yeah. Yes. And I and I hope it does go somewhere. I think the, the issues they have are one, the slog of it, um, and two, the rewards. I'm curious how desirable, how far out there they'll go with skins and and armor pieces and stuff like that. Because a Spartan is a Spartan is a Spartan to some extent. And like Fortnite, it's like now you have Rick from Rick and Morty. Now you have <laughs> Harley Quinn. Now you have uh obi-wan you know like they go places and destiny i think did a good job carving out super unique armor types and halo infinite has already shown that samurai armor type and so maybe they will really go places but i'm curious how desirable like okay it's a slog and if i do this i get a slightly less uh round visor (laughs) like (laughs) is that the thing that that pulls me through and then the other side of that coin why i think it's worth talking about as long as i'm talking about it is because it is free to play Mm -hmm. when you end a match now that is the thing front and center you end a match and it shows you your xp the first thing you see is your xp you got to move you up to the next level and progression it doesn't give you a big kill death screen i actually like the way that individual kill death is like the third screen over because it prioritizes mm-hmm. being helpful within the match the type of match you're playing first um but that first thing you see is that that xp thing because that's the thing that's going to make this game money and i'm super curious if that keeps people engaged or if it works as somewhat of a negative reinforcement of like Oh, I, I thought I was just playing this game to have fun, but I guess I need to grind for this battle pass. And I'm I'm curious how they do it. And then my only other nit that I won't spend a lot of time on is just, I think Battle Royale games really nailed the flow of games now in a big way. And we talked about this years ago, I think, about how once that quits being air quote fun, you start a new game and you're back having fun. And in Halo, the matches are much shorter than Battlefield 2042, for example, but it still is the case of I'm getting pounded and this match is not over, you know, like, is this fun? And it doesn't have the downtime battle Royales have downtime where I can be like, I'm having fun. I'm hitting a rock because no one's shooting me. I'm having fun. I'm exploring this area because that's how the match is built. And halo, you need to be on at all times. Like I'm never sitting back. (laughs) <laughs> you know playing it's oh crap oh crap oh crap but it's I think, a different genre i think part of it as well is the the respawn times because i can't 
I can't tell if it's different in different modes because I definitely noticed at first when I when we started playing on on Monday that it's ten seconds and that feels like a long time to respawn. But there are some modes where it feels like maybe three, four, five seconds, and it's way it feels way faster. And those I have much more fun with because I'm like, okay, I died, it's fine, I'm back in in three seconds. Whereas the one where it's ten seconds, I'm just like. All right, cool. I suck. I get it. Come on, let's uh, let me let me try again, please. I don't. Yeah, I haven't count noticed that. I wonder if that CTF because I mean I feel like that death timer right is to incentivize or disincentivize a certain style of play. And Slayer, it's like who cares? Get back out there. But I want. Yeah. I, I don't know, and I should have probably looked. But that's interesting that you bring up because I could see CTF wanting to deprioritize running and gunning or, or like... make this the, the penalty for dying higher. Yeah. That, that's definitely how it feels. And I, I wonder if you will see a lot of skins when the game comes out and they suddenly are like, oh, we didn't want to tell you, but there's this type of Spartan who looks like something else. Or, you know, if, if there's going to be so much more of that stuff in that game that they just don't want to reveal yet. Because I assume there's got to be more maps coming on launch day as well, right? I don't I don't think so. I think I mean, there's so only what, four or five maps. maps? I, I, I mean... Yeah, I think that stuff is planned, but I don't think it's coming soon. I, whatever the case, I think that releasing it as a free-to-play module and standalone module was a genius move. I just think it it it, it brings so many more people into the game to just give it a shot. That I'm curious. Yeah, I'm curious how it monetizes for them, though. Like, yeah, I mean, I'm sure we'll buy Halo Infinite or Game Pass next month. Yeah, yeah, we'll see, we'll see. But I I think that it it brings up their overall numbers and it just makes halo much more sort of in the zeitgeist which is probably going to work out positive for them net positive uh philippe what else is on your playlist um well i'll i'll save forza horizon 5 because i i see that you've got it on yours and i i want to talk with you a little bit about that um but Honestly, I've been playing a lot of Sherlock Holmes Chapter 1 and The Great Ace Attorney Chronicles this week because I can't get enough of Sherlock Holmes or Herlock Sholmes, depending <laughs> on which game you're playing. Um, no, it's it's weird playing a game that you're in, especially when like something like Mycroft is, uh, or a character like Mycroft is towards the latter half of the game he he sort of pops up mm. and so i don't know any of the stuff that's happening right now and it's it's a weird <laughs> it's it's a it's, it's it's a weird experience to be like oh well i know where this has to lead but right now i'm about to put an elephant on trial this is insane <laughs> um and yeah have you have either of you played the devil's daughter or any of the previous sherlock holmes game by by frogwares i have not the tiniest amount and then my kids were not into it and i was like this is gonna be fun and i tried to show them you know and the ace attorney was the same thing i was like look here and my oldest who's reading is like no <laughs> like, okay <laughs> this is too much like school dad <laughs> um yeah so it's it's basically it's a deduction game you go around you talk to people you deduce things about their personality and who they are and their backgrounds and then people will come and present you with cases to solve and for example there's one where you you that that elephant um case that i just mentioned you go to a neighbor's house and you find him dead you find lots of giant elephant poor uh marks on the ground and a busted down um a gate and you're like well i guess an elephant did this and then ran away and then <laughs> it was snuffleupagus the- 
<laughs> but and then you go and you chase him into the into the forest and he goes into a pond and you're scared of water so you can't swim after him so you have to wait for him to come out and the thing about these games or this game at least in particular that i'm really enjoying about it it has some very not bizarre but like it's funny it's it's like twin peaks style funny if ever if either of you ever watched twin peaks and enjoyed mm. that sense of humor then this is that kind of a thing where you're like this is this meant to be funny am, am i meant to find it amusing <laughs> that there's an elephant that we could potentially put in a noose like what what is there's there's a lot of very strange stuff. yeah it is it's very dark but it is funny and it's it's enjoyable because I am a huge Sherlock Holmes fan. So so like playing the quote unquote origin story, like I don't, I'm not necessarily sure that it, it's a necessary story to be told. But that being said, the fact is, I think they've made a very fun game that is weird and funny and has some excellent voice acting. So I don't know. I I think I think it's no, it's it's just one of those things where. I think it's a it's it's been it's been taking up a lot of my time. Whenever I don't feel like something super fast paced and engaging like um, Halo, where I can just go and wander around and talk to some new people, present some new evidence to people, maybe put on a different outfit and try talking to people again and seeing if they respond to me better as a policeman or as a um, as a bohemian artist or something <laughs> like that, then. It's 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 just a it's a very methodical um, uh, approach which which I'm quite enjoying as opposed to something like uh, I mean even the Great Ace Attorney Chronicles which is another series that I love I love the Phoenix Wright game so much um, but those you're very much on a very set path and it's okay well you present evidence at this point and then you do this and then you read this and you read this and you read this and then you win the case whereas with this it's like no there's a there's an open world you can go and talk to anyone and yeah i mean it's an indie game so you know it's it's not going to be a gta level open might be a gta definitive edition it's exactly that that game to shame (laughs) (laughs) i I want in that you can buy it and run it yeah (laughs) But one, uh, to pull a Philippe, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Uh, when you talked about landing this gig, that's so awesome and super exciting. Like, you know, I'll, I will, uh, you know, heap your own heap praise on you as you're being too modest to do it yourself. Like, you're forever tied to this character. It's so cool, man. Like, you are part of Sherlock Holmes forever. Uh, yeah, I thought it was my Croft, but it's your Croft. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's awesome and and i think and i've yet to play this this game but i think as the end of the year crunch comes on for a lot of people i would want to shout this game out uh based on the reviews i've read and 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 my knowledge generally of it uh for folks who really liked hitman 3 and mm-hmm. maybe the killing in hitman 3 was their least favorite part like if you loved the second level of hitman 3 until you had to push someone off a balcony or throw a banana at their head, however you killed them, this game and its ilk and others like it really fill that role really, really well. And I think a lot of people, you know, played Hitman three at the beginning of the year and loved it. And there aren't a lot of other games that do it where you're allowed to kind of explore. Cause like you said, yeah. Uh, Ace, uh, Ace attorney, whatever that game is. Um, <laughs> the great Ace attorney chronicles, right. Um, 
it's much more linear and in the way that this Sherlock Holmes game presents the world to people, gives them that sandbox to go and play and much in the same way that that Hitman did in those vignettes. And I think it's I really it's, misjudged it's, it's Sherlock cool. Holmes. I did not know he killed that many people. <laughs> no, 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 no. He just what Sherlock Holmes does is he gets him into a place where he could kill him and mm. then goes, Wah! I could have killed ya. And then leaves. Classic I mean, Sherlock. That's how he becomes so clever at figuring out crimes. Because like, Here's he just what I does do all of them. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Dexter. He's the he's the first Dexter. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Sherlock's Sherlock's book, uh, "If I Did It," was a. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, uh, I want to yeah. talk about a game that is not new. It came out this year, but a, a while ago. I think it came out during the summer. I missed it, but I, I've been trying to play some games that I think might be interesting for the end of year discussion. And this is one I had been meaning to try. Uh, I'm playing it on Steam. It's called Stonefly. Have either, have either of you guys heard of this? Uh, it's an indie game, um, narrative, but uh, very difficult to describe. Stonefly. Basically, you play a uh, a young girl who uh, gets in her dad's mech. Except these are not mechs like you've ever experienced before. They're mechs that are sort of modeled after insects or plants i guess the first one you jump in is very much a dandelion seed uh you know how you pick up a dandelion and you can blow it and it floats through the air that's how the mech operates and you're hopping around on tree branches and and leaves and uh, interacting with bugs and critters you're mining resources and trying to not get knocked off the leaves by the by the critters uh and in fact knocking them off the leaves the combat system in this game such as it is isn't really combat it's just uh trying to gently nudge these little critters off the leaf that you're on so they fall off and don't bother you anymore which i think is pretty clever uh and you evidently uh, not evidently eventually get a number of different tools in order to do that better uh, but you are, you know, you're kind of knocking them onto their backs and then shooting gusts of air to blow them in certain directions trying to knock them off the leaves all of it very clever, all of it very unique and novel. I've never experienced a game quite like this. The closest uh, game that comes to mind, in fact, a game tonally that felt very similar, is one of my favorite games of all time, and that is Project uh, or um, Pixel Junk Eden. Pixel Junk Eden, I love, and it it feels kind of similar to that game. I mean, this is a much more you know three D sort of fully uh, you know uh, Pixel Junk Eden is abstracted and and line art and all that stuff uh this is very much a you know a, a girl in a mech and you're top down and it's 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 stylized to a certain extent but um you know a, a very different looking game than project or i keep saying project pixel junk eden um but tonally the way you're kind of interacting with nature and the way it feels almost like a zen state l- jumping between these different petals i you know Pixel Junk Eden can get pretty frustrating, but for the most part, it feels like this kind of serene, meditative experience. And so does Stonefly, uh, until you get to the point where you just have to grind for materials because the game, in order to upgrade your mechs and get new mechs and get new things, you need a bunch of materials and you have to sort of redo these missions over and over again to get materials. And then it becomes a slog. Um, which is unfortunate because I think the game is so novel and interesting 
uh, mechanically, like what you're doing, how you're playing. I also think that the way the narrative is expressed is a little clunky and tedious. Um, pacing doesn't feel great. But when I'm actually playing the game, when I'm actually jumping around and, and piloting the mechs, the controls are beautifully designed because they're expressing a series of verbs that no other game really does. I mean, it is it is truly very different from any other game I've played, just mechanically, just what you are, are asked to do and how you operate the mech and how they behave just doesn't really work like any other game. And the simplicity with which they're able to express that and how intuitive it becomes is quite an accomplishment. And I think Stonefly is a really interesting, novel, unique kind of experience that too few games are. Uh, and it bums me out that it's a little too rough around the edges to really warrant me, you know, screaming from the rooftops about it. But I think it is interesting and and certainly a game that fans of indie games and stuff that's not like everything else should be aware of. It's called Stonefly. Did you play their previous game, Creature in the Well? I did not. I heard good things about it. I loved that game. I because yeah. I, I met those two at GDC. Uh, in fact, the same last time I saw you. So that must be what three years ago or something. Yeah, the, and yeah, yeah it, it's I loved that game so much. But I ran into the exact same problem that you're describing now, where about halfway through, it kind of felt like a slog, and the narrative is kind of obtuse. And I love the mechanics of that game. Yeah, and I've been wanting to check out Stonefly like like you for the last six months or so that it's been out and. I I'm heartened to hear that it's interesting, but but disappointed as well that it's it maybe doesn't pull it's off. Not it's not a home run, ambitions. but I think it's it's like a, a a solid triple. You know, it's 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 pretty good. Uh, you know what, do yeah. you know what doesn't get uh, weighed down in the middle of it? Forza Horizon Five. That game keeps going <laughs> from start to it's there is no end. All I want to play, man. It's all I want to play. I like if I have fifteen minutes, I'm gonna hop in on Forza Horizon Five. I I really really enjoy it. I unlocked my DeLorean this week. What? I'll be honest, so good. I, I'll sit down to play Halo, and then Forza will be like, "What are you here to play?" And I'll be like, "You're right. <laughs> I'm here to play you." <laughs> I read. There's a funny article. I think it was on Kotaku. That was like uh, Forza Horizon is a nightmarish hellscape where all the people have to escape the the marauding vehicles. <laughs> <It was> like, <laughs> the only where people, the only places people are, are on tops of buildings or behind yeah. uh, indestructible fences because they're so terrified <laughs> of the vehicles that crash through every building in town. You know, I thought that was pretty There's funny. nice text. I think it's in game. Maybe one of those front splash screens, or maybe it was a. Pretend. I think it didn't, but it's like you know they worked with like the Mexico Cultural Heritage Foundation, yeah. and mm-hmm. it's also like please don't drive through them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it does remind me of just like I would want to live in Paradise City. I don't think just of all the places in the world. <laughs> you do you know where you are? <laughs> Am I in the you jungle, in the jungle, baby? baby. Yeah, you, oh, you're gonna it. die. Oh no! Because <laughs> the car is going <laughs> to well, run. I'm you so over. much younger than both of you. How can I be the one who's about to? You're only 40 years younger than us. Is, is <laughs> my understanding. Because, just, because Philippe, I'm oh, launching man. this Ford Bronco two door <laughs> off the edge of a volcano, and I'm going to land gonna somewhere in the middle of the jungle where you happen to be out. You know, exploring. I oh, dude, yeah. I unlocked the. Um, I've been doing my unlocks in a very weird way, but I, I you know, I, I unlocked the festival one where you do the 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 dirt racing. Uh, and I hadn't really done any dirt racing yet. And I'm like, oh, I love dirt racing. It's so much fun. 
It's so much fun because it's like there's way more jumps and goofy stuff. I like the goofy stuff. You know me. I, I've I've discovered a love for pure street racing with this game that I hadn't really experienced before. But man, I love the goofy stuff. I like wacky jumps. I like you know smashing through things. There's a I did. There's a thing called the great the great fun something or other. I don't know if you guys did this race. The great fun drive or something like that anyway uh, it's literally a race that you can pick up on the over map that like makes you drive through all kinds of wacky stuff it, like stuff is exploding and confetti oh is popping out of everything and you're hitting bowling pins and jumping through targets and i was like yeah thank you force <laughs> horizon thank you for understanding my particular kink yeah, <laughs> i, I am stuff. I am exactly on that wavelength. For me, it's it's like the the thing I find hardest is the breaking. I don't love the breaking part when it's like, oh, you need to break to go into a corner. I'm like, why why don't I just drift around it? That seems way more fun. Yeah. But the the only nit I have to pick with this game because I, I like like you said last week, I think Jeff, like it really has filled that burnout paradise sized hole in my life. Mm. I. Like there, there are a couple of races which I think there's one called like the Goliath or something, which is Colossal. yeah, maybe maybe it maybe it's that, and it's like twenty minutes long, and I'm just mm. like if I, I I won, but I think it might be like sort of pushing you to win because I'm just like imagine if you came second in that by by more point one of a second, and you're like well I guess I have to do another twenty five minutes of that same track. See, you should never come in second though because you just rewind. This is true. This when is you true. Blow I a could turn. You, I, take yeah. it back. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's also it's like if you did come in second, and I don't know this race, I, I'm, I imagine I've done it. I don't, but if you come in second, the game would still be like, congratulations. And you'd be like, yeah. yes. Oh, thank yeah. you, game. Sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've never. I've never felt bad. I got you came in sixth. Oh wow, that sounds awesome. You're the best. I was like, how many people were racing? Six people. I was like, wow, that sounds really great. Here, spin this wheel. Get some pants. I needed new pants. I want these pants. Yeah, it's cool, man. Yeah, it's um, so much fun. Uh, it's it's a, it's a great game. It is. A, it, I never thought. I mean, I was looking forward to it. I was excited because I like pretty graphics, and I was like, I'm gonna love mm-hmm. pretty graphics on this game, but. <laughs> I did not anticipate how much I would want to be sitting down to play it every day. I like I I get excited. I just hop on for a few minutes, do one, one quick race. Uh, I, I like that you can pop in and pop out. And somebody uh, emailed me. Uh, let me find it uh, to um, to point out one of the reasons that I like it. Uh, this was uh, Marcos wrote this. He said, uh, listening to your uh, Forza Horizon 5 discussion this week podcast, I was agreeing with everything you were saying, but there's one thing that I think makes the biggest difference for me compared to the last Forza Horizon games. Load times. He said, uh, going from what felt like a two plus minute loading screen when doing anything at all in previous games to loads being practically instantaneous is truly a game changer. Not wrong. And I think that's one of the things that leads me to be able to jump in and just do one quick race and jump out. I don't feel like it's a chore to load up the game. It just feels like, oh, I'm in, I'm out, I'm popping around, boop, boop, boop. Uh, pretty yeah. cool. And as you love to mention, and I think it's worth highlighting, how dang cool is it that Microsoft's two big air quote console exclusives run phenomenally well on PC yeah. with ultra wide support? 
with all those bells. It's not like, and it's also on PC, kinda. It's like, yeah. A, Dang good PC port. I've been almost like exclusively playing games. on PC, you know, <laughs> almost exclusively. Sorry, go ahead. That's cool. Yeah. I, and, and it's wild that they both are coming out right, you know, boom, 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 right back to back to back. And it, it uh, I will, we'll see if it bolsters any Xbox uh, uh, purchases, you know, any sales. You can't I, get them. So you can't get them. That's, that's a good point. So it's, <laughs> glad, it's good that they're on PC, you know. Anyway. Oh, and they did this at, I know these games are cross-gen, and they apparently, again, per Digital Foundry, I rely on their expertise, but play well on old hardware, on the one series hardware. Yeah. But they also just released, um, for Game Pass Ultimate subscribers, um, xCloud via console. Right. Uh, which is awesome. So now if you have a, uh, Xbox One, you can play the medium. And some of these, you know, the, the rare few um, series console exclusives are available streaming assuming you're streaming you know you have good infrastructure for that but that's, that's so cool microsoft is firing on all cylinders right now it's really exciting to see literally with the cylinders because it's a car thing <laughs> <laughs> all right or on the ev battery or on the ev battery i don't want to leave go. out there the evs go. that are also in the game very few yeah. or very, if you tap a really quickly no you can just pedal so it's <laughs> <weird>. <laughs> all right i want to thank our second sponsor now i actually have for the video viewers uh theragun is our sponsor and i i want to hold up my theragun this is one of our most prized possessions in my house not exaggerating when we moved here to denver we had to put this in our carry-on luggage because we couldn't risk not having it when the movers took forever because my wife and i swear by this thing now i'm gonna i'm gonna turn it on we'll see if you can actually hear it oh please tell me the battery's charged oh there it goes you hear it? It's pretty quiet, but I'm. Oh, there we go. The, uh, yeah, it doesn't take long. So this is woo a handheld percussive therapy device. It's hard for me to even do this ad right now because I'm just relaxing. Oh, it releases your deepest muscle tension using scientifically calibrated combo of depth speed and power and you heard how quiet it is i don't even know could you guys hear it over my mic it's pretty quiet we could hear it but we could hear you clearly it wasn't as if it was like what jeff speak up (laughs) i mean it's pretty it's pretty darn quiet and i mean literally that's i mean we do a little longer than that but that is all it takes to feel let the stresses of everyday life lift away i have I, i hold a lot of tension in my neck and shoulders and it's i mean i love when my wife will use the Theragun on my back for me, but you can do it yourself. It's, it's made, it's ergonomically designed so you can do it yourself. I just did it here on the stream. Uh, I can do it myself. If I just need to pick me, if I need to release some tension in my neck, I mean, it's, it, it doesn't just feel good. It actually gets to the source of pain. It releases tension using their signature percussive therapy. It goes, it goes 60% deeper than vibration alone. This is, I'm telling you, you've never felt anything like it. I haven't. I had never felt anything like this thing. Uh, I went to a, an event and they had these to test. And I was like, I don't know about that. And then somebody put it on me. I was like, oh, yes, tell me, how do I get one? Um, and now they're a sponsor. They, they look cool. I mean, if you see on the on the stream, they look like a sci-fi prop to a movie. You know, it has an OLED screen on the back. It, it You feel like you're holding something from the future. And... 
my wife and I swear by these. I mean, we're, we have so much tension. We both work from home at desks. You know, we do it on our, uh, just below our shoulder blades. It only takes a couple minutes and it is, uh, it is, it's like night and day. I, I really, really love how it feels. And you don't have to take my word for it. Theragun is trusted by 250 professional sports teams like Real Madrid, elite athletes like Paul George, DeAndre Hopkins, Maria Sharapova, hundreds and thousands of customers, and me. So you can try Theragun for 30 days starting at $199. It's only $199. You get it for 30 days. Nope, I'm going to do that again. Try Theragun for 30 days, starting at only $199. Go to therabody.com slash DLC right now. Get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's therabody, T-H-E-R-A-B-O-D-Y dot com slash DLC, therabody.com slash DLC. All right, I do want to talk about one more thing. And that is VR. Played a new VR game this week. It just came out called Warhammer Age of Sigmar Tempest Fall. Yeah, why weren't you in this, Philippe? Yeah, this wasn't the one I auditioned for. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I can tell because I, I must say the voice acting is not not great in this particular game um it's serviceable but it's not it's not great Uh, i do think the game is pretty darn cool it is a you know vr first person full-on action rpg uh you have a number of different weapons you have magic you are fighting the hordes of the undead uh in melee combat shooting off uh different spells and marching through these really detailed, beautiful environments, talking to NPCs. I mean, for a VR game, I think it looks pretty darn cool. It's an Unreal Engine game. Um, and you're doing gestures to, to shoot off magic. You're swinging swords. You're parrying attacks. You can even reach out and grab the, the enemies and rip them apart with your bare hands. You know, you grab the skull of this undead skeleton and you grab its torso and you rend them rip them apart yeah it's fun it, it very much like um oh what was the old mech game that launched with the oculus um not mech but robots what was that game called robo recall robo recall thank you you know robo recall you could rip them apart like that so very much like that it also incorporates elements of of the climb uh, a lot of these role-playing games uh, or venture games now are kind of using the mechanics that were introduced from the climb to introduce climbing in their games and so you know there's one sequence where i was going hand over hand on this rope suspended way above uh, these enemies and a bunch of skeletons came to life underneath me. And I was hanging from one hand on this rope and shooting off electric bolts of arcane energy out of my hand by doing this gesture forward with my hand. And I mean, I felt like I was doing it. It was really cool, like suspended above these monsters who were helpless as I was raining death from above. It's really cool. I mean, it's it's very much the Warhammer universe where it's grim serious all the time, you know, super grim serious. But I think the game is attractive. I think there's enough enough fun to definitely justify justify it. I'm playing on uh, on Steam on my index, so it looks really good. Um, I, I have very few complaints. I mean, it, there is some 
you know, requisite goofiness of swinging your sword around, smacking things. But I think the game asks you for precision enough. Uh, you're, I mean, often attacked by multiple enemies at once. And so, you know, it can get a little wacky of that, just like, you know, painting your sword across numerous <laughs> enemies. But if you take it seriously and you are actually parrying attacks and sending things up and casting magic, uh, it feels really good. It feels like, you know, you're doing a thing. And I think it's pretty enough that it's very immersive. Um, so Warhammer Age of Sigmar Tempest Fall for me was a was a pretty pretty big plus as far as uh, VR games go. I was impressed which, with it. Which system were you playing that on, Jeff? PC on, on Steam. I was I was using my index to play it. Um, so I was not playing on on Oculus. Um, but yeah. So there you go. Uh, I'm still I still haven't finished Lone Echo 2. Oh, God, I love that game so much. I don't want it to end. <laughs> um it's so, so, so good. And you don't kill anything. You don't kill. It's so novel. It's like a, almost like a puzzle game. It's, they've really added some interesting new elements for the sequel from the first game. Uh, it's, I just wish there were more games like it. I wish there were more VR games. I wish there were more games in general like it that just tried to do something more interesting than just shooty, shooty, all the bad aliens. Uh, this is much more interesting than that. Anyway, that's one I go to. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of DLC. We do have parting gifts coming up, so stick around for those. But Philippe Bosher, welcome. I mean, it's been so great having you. It's been so great. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks, Christian. I have wanted to do this for the last eight years or so, so um, it's been it's been a delight. Thank you both for having me. I, I can't. I'm I'm so glad that I finally got big enough. Yeah, that I could finally be invited onto the uh, the esteemed recording it's a very studio. High bar. It's a very high bar, it's- <laughs> and we'll see you again in eight more years, man. It'll be great. I noticed. <laughs> yeah, you you came to the U.S. recently, but did you go anywhere near California or uh, Denver? No, I mean this this from the guy who slept on my couch. Didn't even I, have. Did I'm you pretty sure you had a guest bedroom. Bed. I think you had a bed. We, this was before you had kids. Who slept in the basement covered in rubbish. <laughs> Hey, I have already promised you that if ever I make it big enough, you will live in my pool house. I have made this. I have now made it on the wow. airwaves of my DLC. Everyone, Je- go by Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> <laughs> now we know why it was so nice to me earlier. Today. I I have done a number of voiceover on video games. Never once have, have I been paid in pool houses. But I, <laughs> I, I, I appreciate your. Huh? Daddy needs a pool house, Daddy and Philippe house. said that I can have one. I so... mean, we do things differently over here, man. <laughs> a pool house in the UK is actually what we call a toilet. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> you can live in my toilet is what he was telling you. Oh, <laughs> All right. Philippe, tell folks where they can follow you and the, and the cool stuff that you do online. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram uh, at P.A. Bosher. That's P-A-B-O-S-H-E-R. Um, that's also my website. And uh, yeah, if ever I, if ever there are any new uh, social media platforms, I will undoubtedly be P.A. Bosher on there as well. Christian Spicer, what about you? What do you got going on this week? Well, I'm going to plug Philippe again for him. Uh, Philippe <laughs> released new reels recently, and they're phenomenal. And if you are interested in, you need VO work for them, uh, Philippe has new reels out, and they're really is good. Is Christian getting some sort of financial interest in this at this point? I'm, I'm not. He's no, getting Philippe's, a pool house. I don't oh, know what more to tell you, Jeff. That's true. Philippe's a uh, friend, and uh, he's being too modest. Um, 
So I'm but no, do thank that. you, Christian. Yeah, I did. I just I just released new reels. Um, Sherlock Holmes Chapter One is out now on Xbox Series, PlayStation Five, and uh, Steam, and is coming to the last gen of consoles at a later date. And yeah, if you want any, as Chris, as Christian said, if you want anybody to speak into a microphone for you, uh, and Jeff is unavailable, then um, <laughs> then, then, then come ask me. And Felipe, I just, actually, another, I just did a game this week, guys. I can't talk about it yet, but I'm very excited. No, was it Warhammer? Was it? <laughs> yeah, well, <no. laughs> was it Warhammer? Age of Sigmar. Did you need to replace this English guy? <laughs> I was just say, actually, they're like, uh, Jeff, Felipe, can you do an English accent? I was like, Can I do an English accent? I, 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 I really can. I can. And they're like, Wow, that's incredible. That, we're that this, was... this Philippe guy was. It, it was, his accent was completely ridiculous. And I was like, <laughs> well, Philippe's actually from Louisiana. This whole episode yeah. he's been doing a put on. This has all been part of his reel. He's actually, yeah, uh, I ain't never been outside Louisiana. <laughs> uh, Twitter's the best way for me at Spicer, S P I C E R. I stream this show weekly. Typically, we record Sundays at 7 15 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, on my Twitch, which is twitch.tv slash Christian Spicer. And to everyone in the United States um, and expats around the world, happiest Thanksgiving to you. Um, we thank are you for thankful being part- for you. We are absolutely thankful for you. Thank you. Yes. Thank you for being a part of this community and this show and putting us in your ear holes and, uh, and hanging out. Yeah. Indeed. Indeed. Um, you can always email us here at the show, dlcfeedback at gmail.com. We love hearing from you. Uh, I'm also available on Twitter if you want to reach out to me that way, at Jeff Canada, which is spelled with two N's and one T. And I have a number of other shows you could check out, including the Filmcast, which is a movie and TV show review podcast I'm quite proud of. You can find that wherever you get podcasts. I also do a comedy science show where you can learn something and laugh along the way. It's called We Have Concerns. You can find it at wehaveconcerns.com. Also, I do a sports show called, well, the title changes every week because you get to decide. We give the power to the fans, but it is ostensibly the fan-controlled football official podcast, and uh, we stream it on Twitch, twitch.tv slash FCF every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific. I think actually we're going to start earlier next week, uh, half an hour earlier. Regardless, check that out. Uh, And then the Dungeon Run is my live play Dungeons & Dragons show. You can find that uh, online on YouTube or as an audio podcast by searching for The Dungeon Run. Or you can watch us live on Twitch as well. Twitch.tv slash The Dungeon Run, Wednesdays at 6 p.m. Pacific time. All right, let's wrap the show up now with our parting gifts. Hey, give us a suggestion. Philippe, do you have something to help people get through their week? I am going to rattle through some stuff. First of all, do listen to the Slash Filmcast, or to the Filmcast, excuse me, because that is my girlfriend's favorite show. Uh, Every time we watch anything, she's always like, have they done a Filmcast of this? I'm like, this film, this is Seven Samurai by Kurosawa. They haven't done, they they haven't been going for 50 years, Uh, which is one of my... It sounds like she has exquisite taste, though. She does, she does. She forces me to listen to it. It's the only way I know who you are. Mm. Uh, (laughs) I'll take any way I can get. 
<laughs> my uh, my real parting gift is a TV show, which is an old Canadian TV show, which I tried forcing you to watch years ago, Jeff. It's I watched Slings the first and Arrows. I, sorry, go ahead. Slings and Arrows. Yes, I watched the first Slings episode. and Arrows. Did you not like it? I, I don't know why it didn't hook me, but I, uh, I, I, met, I kept meaning to go back to it. And I just never have. Slings and Arrows is about a um, Canadian troupe uh, set in a fictionalized version of uh, Stratford, Ontario, where the first season they try to put on Hamlet, the second season Macbeth, the third season King Lear. And it is a show that gave David Simon, writer of The Wire, writer's envy. It is a fantastically funny, uh, macabre, excellent show about uh, art and making great Shakespearean art, making great theater and uh, the power that uh, great art can have on human beings. Uh, so I highly recommend people seek that out and get good sleep. That's my that's my other parting gift is try and get yourself into a good sleeping routine. Get to bed at the same time every night. Wake up every morning at the same time. Uh, your mood will improve drastically. Says I the guess. guy without kids. Says the guy who's too young to have kids. I would love to have a good sleeping routine. <laughs> Boy, I had years of my life when I had a good sleeping routine. And then I made this dumb decision, you know. Sleep, sleep when they sleep. Go to bed when they go to bed. Get up when they get up. It's easy. No, I don't like going to bed at 7.30 at night and then waking up four <laughs> times over the course of the evening and crying for water or whatever it is it's not how i roll question <laughs> have you tried it though because all i'm saying is if you've I've not tried it that. you can't knock it i've seen it up close that's for sure he says that but i can show you the text he sends me four times throughout the night <laughs> get saying, me water, I need water. <laughs> get me water <laughs> you have yet to even bring me a single water it's very frustrating all right christian what's your parting gift there is a wonderful show on well I haven't finished it, but uh, a show on Netflix called My Name. It is a Korean show. Did you like Squid Game? This isn't like Squid Game, but it's also Korean. <laughs> Did you not like Squid Game? That's okay. This isn't like Squid Game, but it's also <laughs> Korean. Um, it is broadly about a young woman whose father is a gangster who is killed and the thing she then needs to do to uncover his killer Um obviously there's more to it than that uh but great action uh wonderfully acted and um it's a, it's a real treat it's called my name and in the u.s it is available on netflix i think it's netflix produced so i'm guessing it's netflix everywhere but it's um uh it's on netflix not to be confused with call me by my name say my name or the other my names Oh, but anytime you want to suggest a little Nas, I support that as well. That album is still so good. It's yeah. so good. I know Come By Your Name is also a movie, but, you know, whatever. All right. We have uh, – oh, my, my parting gift is a show also on Netflix. This show was a huge surprise to me. If you listen to the show, you know – I love MOBAs, but League of Legends was never my favorite MOBA. It just I never got into League of Legends. I don't know the lore. Don't care because I never played League of Legends. I got into Heroes of the Storm. Loved it. But uh, League of Legends just wasn't my gem. Lots of people like League of Legends. So you can imagine my surprise when I checked out Arcane, which is the League of Legends television show, and found it phenomenal. Not just good, great. And uh, I mentioned this on the film cast and said, I suspect part of the reason I like it so much is that I actually don't know anything about League of Legends. And I wasn't distracted making the connections of, oh, that character is this character and that, 
is doing that. And, oh, there's an Easter egg and there's a thing from the game. I just accepted it as a phenomenally well-drawn cartoon that takes place in a really cool fantasy world. And it's excellent. Oh, my God. The animation is utterly gorgeous. Voice acting is fantastic. The story is cool. The world building is awesome. If you have no interest in League of Legends, I would urge you to still give Arcane on Netflix a try because I think it's just a great show. It's just a great show that also happens to be based on a video game property. Have you guys tried Arcane yet? Season two is coming, but they said not in 2022. I think their press release or their statement was like, the good news, season two is coming and it will come faster than six years. Like season one, (laughs) the bad news, it's not coming next year. I haven't, again... It's, they're doing weekly releases. But yeah, I think, I think several three at a time out. or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but, just stunning. It's, I think another example of, like, I love Mitchell's versus the Machines, Into the Spider-Verse, mm-hmm. and I like uh, Invincible was fun and cool also, but I like mm-hmm. like Mitchell's versus the Machines and Into the Spider-Verse. I feel like Arcane does interesting things with animation that oh, man. they did not need to, right? Like, it could have just rested on its laurels, and they, they did not it's do that. It's a stunning, visually stunning show. I mean, I thought What If had some of the best animation of a TV show. I mean, not comparing it to those movies you mentioned, because I feel like there's a scale with movies that often dwarfs TV show budgets. But I thought What If was like, wow, that's really amazing animation. Arcane completely trounces What If as far as the animation goes, in my opinion. I still think animation of What If is great, but Arcane has... It, it is sumptuous. I mean, it is beautifully directed, beautifully animated. It, worth for watching just for one that too. It's not like it starts in a dimly lit cavern. It's like a feast for your eyes <laughs> yeah, it's, from it's go. Great. And it's not like you have to watch three episodes for it to get good. It's no, no, it's good immediately. Yeah. I'm going to I'm going to give that a check out now. I'm going to have my have my dinner, watch an episode and then I'm going to go watch Throne of Blood, the Kurosawa film because that's nice. what I do now apparently. I watch Kurosawa movies. That sounds cool. Uh yeah. all right. Uh, we also got a listener suggested parting guest. This was sent to us at dlcfeedback@gmail.com. This comes from Dan who says, uh, "I would like to recommend a podcast." that I've been listening to recently. It's called The History of D- English. Oh, sorry, I stepped on it. DLC. DLC. I would recommend a podcast I've been listening to. Your podcast. <laughs> Hopefully, people recommend our podcast. But this one is called The History of English by Kevin Stroud. It is not about the history of England, nor is it a lesson Aww. in linguistics. Rather, Aww. it explains the history of how we arrived with the English language that we know today. The oldest episodes are from 2012, and new bi-monthly episodes are still being released. It starts with the ancient Indo-European language, of which many languages have evolved, and has just recently started discussion of the early modern English period, the 1600s. Have you ever wondered why the English word black is so similar to the Spanish word blanco, yet are opposite in their meanings? Or why the letter C exists when it is only used for sounds made by two other letters, K and S? The podcast answers those questions and so much more in just the first few episodes. Give it a listen. Thanks, Dan. That sounds fantastic. I am so in for that. Yeah, me too. It's uh, it's totally up my alley. Again, it's called The History of English by Kevin Stroud, and it is a podcast. If you'd like to have your parting gift read on our show, send it to us. DLCfeedback at gmail.com is where you send those. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of DLC. Thanks again to Philip Bosher and Christian Spicer for hanging out with me. 
Thanks to the folks in our chat room for hanging out with all of us live, making the show better in real time. We appreciate you. Thanks to our musical contributors, Patrick L., Sean Madigan, and Zero Star. Sean Madigan with the incredible work, constantly adding new bumpers to the show. So grateful for that one. And thank you to each and every one of you who tune in and listen to us. If you're in the United States, please have a happy and healthy Thanksgiving. We are thankful for you. I know I will be thinking of uh, all of you, all of the listeners that uh, allow us to continue making the show uh, during my week of thanks and every week, frankly. We'll see you next time. Until then, think about what you put out into the world. Make it a better place.